right, welcome to the Sherm Show. We're, um, I don't know, three three weeks into this quarantine, two weeks into the furlough, eh, closer to three weeks into my furlough, and we haven't killed each other yet, um, so maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel, who knows. Uh, so today, uh, we'll take some questions from some of my, some of my followers, we'll go through maybe some, some hypothetical trade scenarios for the Vikings, um, the NFL draft and what the Vikings should do or would do, or kind of go through some mock drafts. Uh, and I'll, I'll, we'll go through the usual sports story and then we'll do top five. I guess, first of all, I don't know if you guys can hear it above, but there's a chopper searching for a bad guy and they, he's been circling our house for the past, uh, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes. So we're hunkering down a little bit, but, um, I don't know. I trust the boys in blue. Anyway, um, why don't we go ahead and get started? Uh, we'll start with questions. Uh, the first question comes from uh, my friend, Paul. We call him P around these parts. This question is, why do the refs hate the T-Wolves so bad? That, <laughs> I'm sorry, P, but that's, you'll get no sympathy from me. It's been a such poorly run franchise, poorly run organization. They have no respect, nor... They ha- you know, have they had a player who garnered the refs or league's respect since KG left, however many years ago, uh, or the first time he left? You know, even the players who do garner that respect, they'll have to, they'll have a hard time maintaining that respect on this team. Um, players like Wiggins and Cat, um, they aren't or weren't guys who command a lot of respect. Uh, in my mind, they're soft. But um, this new GM, he, he, I think he might be the light at the end of the tunnel to use that phrase again you know to unload Wiggins and that contract for D'Lo uh, was a great move um, we just need a shooter to pair him with what I've heard is Devin Booker doesn't seem like he's happy in, in Phoenix you know we'd have to there's a lot we'd have to do because he's you know he's not a free agent so we'd have to trade um, you know I wouldn't mind I trade a pick a first round pick even two for him in a second especially this year's draft this year's draft is is Somewhat weak. I think I've said that in previous podcasts. So, you know, I'd, I'd like someone who proven scorer. You know, Devin Booker, I think, has scored 70 in a game before. But I think getting him elevates us to the top five in the West. I think it goes Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, uh, Houston, and then Dallas or us in the West. Um, and then Portland, OKC, and Utah. Uh, an interesting fact or stat that I saw today. Can you name the team... In the West, with the most efficient three-man lineups, that's any three guys in, in a lineup at any one time, the most efficient three guys in a lineup in the, in the entire West. And the answer will, I think, will shock you. It's OKC. Basically, any lineup with Chris Paul in it, uh, whether it be Dennis Schroeder or their big man, the Aussie, I can't remember his name. Basically, any of those lineups with Chris Paul in it is the most efficient lineup in the entire Western Conference. And we're talking about backcourts with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. We're talking about uh, when LeBron and, and AD are on the floor at the same time. It's telling. And, to, and for Chris Paul to make, a, to make an all-star team this year, I, I think, you know, when I saw it, I didn't, I'm like, is this valid? But it's valid. I mean, you know, he's stayed healthy. And, you know, he's always one of the best point guards in the league, if not the best point guard in the league. Um, one of the most savvy guys that's ever been in the league. 
I mean, it's it's surprising just knowing his age, but you know, he's he's never been super athletic. He's always just been smart with the ball. He didn't turn it over a lot. He's he's got great handles. He's got great vision. He can shoot the ball. Um, you don't have to be athletic to do that. So you know, if he can stay healthy, he could probably do this for another three four years. But anyway, I thought that was an interesting interesting tidbit that I saw today. Uh, so great question, P. Actually not, but um, you know, I'm sorry to break the news to you, but. You know, that's, you have to earn the respect. And the T-Wolves, you know, aside from 2004, which was, what, 16 years ago, we haven't done anything to earn the respect of the league. So, um, you know, maybe if, if we put a shooter, like I said, if we put a shooter next to those, next to Cat and D'Lo, I, I think it puts, puts us right at the top. But anyway, we'll move on to uh, the next question uh, from our good friend Fish. If the season ended today, meaning no playoffs, According to the rules, the Lakers would win the championship with the best record in the league. Is that fair, and would LeBron James accept it? First of all, I have a hard time seeing anything as unfair when it's clearly written in the rules. Uh, Everyone's aware aware of the rules, players, coaches, fans, or at least most fans, hardcore fans. They all play by the same rules, and so are the Lakers supposed to feel bad or be penalized because they had the best record? Having said that, I hate the rule. It's It should be changed. Um, all it does is give the naysayers a reason to question a ring uh, and give it all, give it the all-so-controversial stamp of the asterisk that we love to put on certain records broken by certain people, a la Barry Bonds. Um, so that's, that's when it becomes unfair. For the rest of the players' careers, they'll have to answer questions about should they actually have a ring, or if they already had a few rings, you know, questions about their legacy. Does LeBron want that? You know, he's already got enough to deal with only winning four uh, rings in eight final appearances. It's ludicrous to even question specifically him. The man played in eight straight NBA finals. Cleveland, Miami, 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 Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. He's got nothing to worry about. So, you know, if he if he ends up if that that's how they call it, and then that's how they call it, and he's just got another ring to add to his collection. Uh, will it affect his legacy? Heck no. You know, maybe maybe people don't give him as much credit for this season, but I mean, up to this point, they were the best team in the league, and a lot of a lot of people were picking them to win the championship anyway. Obviously, a lot can happen in seven games. Uh, we've seen it before. Yeah, so I, you know, it's the rules, and you know, if it's the rules, then you gotta abide by them, and so be it. But you know, I think if you don't complete a season, or if playoffs aren't held, you should just put a stamp on that season, saying we didn't crown a champ this year. So, and I, and I think I think players would agree with that. You know, they don't want just something given to them; they want to earn it. You know, aside from players in their latter start, you know, latter stages of their career, where they hop on a team and try to ride players' coattails, you know, a la Carl Malone and Gary Payton. But um, no, I you know, I think the rules should be changed if that is in case the rule. Um, but the Lakers are in the best record, so hooray, hooray, LeBron, you are a man child. All right, our next question uh, from my friend Amy, my sis from another miss. Um, she's more of a statement than a question, but I, I think it raises a, a great and intriguing point. Uh, she says the NBA should raise the rims three inches because everyone can dunk. And that's our that's debatable, Steph Curry. Um, but again, I think this is an intriguing idea. It, I mean, the NBA over the years has done a number of, of things to increase competitiveness. 
they move back the three-point line. Um, they're decreasing time clocks. You know, they, they used to be 10 seconds coming, you know, over the half-court line. Now it's eight. They don't reset the shot clock all the way back to 24 on an offensive rebound. They've reset, reset it to 14. You know, things like that. So, but, I mean, these days you got, you know, the, the three-point line doesn't really matter. You know, you got guys shooting from 30 feet on the regular. So, raising the rim three inches, I mean, I honestly think that that would even the playing field a little bit. Shooters would have to adjust their shots. You wouldn't have any more 30-foot shots, or at least there wouldn't be such a high percentage made. You know, guys are guys are perfecting those types of shots. Guys are, are shooting, you know, 40, 40 to 45% from 25 feet, you know, to where the... I think the the original three point line was something around twenty two feet. Now it's at twenty three and a half or something along those lines. So, you know that that changes a shooter's motion or at least changes its arc a little bit or maybe changes his range. You know, definitely shortens his range a little bit. Um, athletic players, they're not as athletic anymore. Big men become significant again. And would the average fan be able to notice a change in three inches in height? Probably not. Not unless you pointed it out. You know, you you would see you know athletic players having to, you know, wouldn't you wouldn't see as many high flying dunks, which which you know takes a little bit from the game in that respect. You know, that that's the kind of thing people love to see. People love to see guys going way above the rim to get things. So that that may that may uh, dampen the game a little bit. But would the NBA ever consider this? I, I doubt it. That's that's a huge change in in how basketball has been played for a century. But we you know. Things, things the NBA could do, which they haven't done, and I've, I've spoken on this before, they could enforce traveling, James Harden. They, I mean, he it's not even a fast move. He takes three steps in such a methodical and procedural way, you can easily count the three steps. Now, they count him gathering for one of those steps, which I think is complete BS. That's why, I mean, if he didn't have that move, if he didn't have the step back three. If he was only allowed to take the two steps, he wouldn't be able to drop back as far. As far and he would be much more easy to defend. But since he's given that third step, he's allowed, or he's he's being allowed to take the defender out of the shot and have basically what is, for him, is pretty much a wide open three. I, you know, it used to be, you know, carrying the ball was a big deal. You know, Allen Iverson did it in his crossovers. You know, I think I think Russell Westbrook even does it a little bit in his crossovers, and those I don't mind as much because you know that's it's quick. It's it's not necessarily giving a huge advantage, but to give someone an extra step or an extra two steps, I, you know, I've seen. I think I saw Clay Thompson take like I mean, it was literally like six or seven steps and did not get called. Stuff like that is you know, as as a referee, those are those are easy calls. Those are things. Those are that's refereeing one on one. Next question uh, comes from Bubba. What a Bubba. Uh, what the hell are you growing on your face? Well, along with my furlough 15 that I'm gaining, I'm, I'm also doing some furlough facial hair. So I've got, I've got the uh, big bushy beard going on. And I, I, I think I stated I'm not going to not gonna shave until the furlough ends. So this could be on my face well into the summer. And we'll see. You know, maybe, you know I've, I've had a beard in the summer before and wasn't all that bad. wasn't all that itchy. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not going to get a haircut, and I'm not going to shave until the furlough's over. Next question uh, from Robbie. Robbie the Tank. Uh, what are you going to bat at the plate this year for softball? Uh, that's assuming we have a season. Gosh, I pray we do. I don't know. 
I, there's probably a bunch of you just jump at the bit, you know, wanting to swing a bat. You know, I'll, I'm sure I'll bat 950 like I always do. You know, I'll, I'll put on a spreadsheet and send it to all you guys and, you know, just to let you know. Yeah, I just, I pray, I just pray we, we have a season. You know, if, you know, they've already, they've already, I think they've canceled camping, overnight camping for the, for the summer. I just don't, I don't think that's, it's not looking good for softball. Although they did open golf courses today, which is a godsend. Just to be able to get out of the house, you know, for four hours and hit 18 and just maybe shoot the shit with somebody from a golf cart away, smoke a cigar, have a beer. Gosh, that sounds awesome right about now. I'm sure the, go- the courses were just overloaded today. I mean, we got people just begging to get out of the house, and it was a beautiful day. Anyway, that's, uh, that's it for questions. I'll give a couple of shout-outs here. Uh, shout out to Sarah Gettel, who's never listened to my podcast. I'm gonna list, I'm gonna ask her if she listened, and and uh, assume I'm assuming she'll mention this shout out. And if she doesn't mention it, then I'll know she lied. Uh, Sarah, give a happy birthday to your hubby today for me. I already sent him a happy birthday, but maybe maybe give him a little kiss, say some sherm. Let's uh, shout out to Frohmeister. Thanks for the message. Uh, say hi to the hubby, Dougie Lamora. Kate Cox, shout out to Kate Cox. She wants to uh, co-host, and hopefully we'll get her on here soon. Uh, she wants to discuss high school sports and how this virus has affected them. You know, lots of lots of kids have been affected by this in high school and college. So that's a, that's a great discussion to have, and I'd love. She's a funny gal, um, so I'd love to have her have her on the show. And uh, that's about it. Shout out to John. We miss you, buddy. R.I.P. Think about you every day. Uh, so we'll take a break. When we get back, we'll talk about the NFL draft and what we think the Vikings should do, what we think they shouldn't do, some of the mock drafts that have come across the uh, the wires, and uh, some of the uh, possible trades. We'll be right back. Welcome back. So the NFL draft and the Vikings, what should they do? What shouldn't they do? So the idea has been floated and there's been rumors going on about the Vikings in discussions with the Cleveland Browns for OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. So I just floated floated this out there. I posted and just said thoughts or should we do it? And we got a couple comments. We'll read them on the air here. So Wrath of Khan says, no, OBJ is digs times 10. Better talent, but more of a headache. Still can't block for Cousins. I would agree with that. I, I, there's nothing I can agree with that. Or th- there's nothing I can disagree with in that statement. More of a headache, maybe, I think that might be debatable. But, I mean, there is evidence to that. Uh, next, from Mark with the big head. I don't know what that means, but maybe you do. Uh, I think there'll, I think we'll still be a nine to ten win team, and with OBJ maybe gives us another win, assuming he isn't a massive bitch, and that's a big if. I get it. With OBJ, I think we have the best roster in the North, which we may with or without him, and winning your division gives you a chance. Do we need to do more to get past the Niners and the Saints? Yes. If our draft plays out and rookies contribute, you never know. Mark Bighead. 
again, I there's not a I, I think we're better than the nine to ten wins, and I and that depends on that depends on a few things. Number one, it depends on what we do in free agency to address our secondary problem. We we don't have a whole lot of defensive backs or cornerbacks on our roster. I think we've got three. So, and something related to that, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll say this. I've heard in, in addition to OBJ that we're also talking about getting Patrick Peterson. And let me go back to OBJ for a second before I move on to Patrick Peterson. It was a second and a fifth that we were offering or that the rumor was that we offered for OBJ. I, for us not to have to give up any first-round picks, I would do that in a second. I think our window is now, I think our window is this year and next year. We've got a quarterback who's accurate. We've got a quarterback who can sling if he needs to. I mean, I don't think OBJ has had 1,000 yards in, I think it's been a couple of years since he had a 1,000-yard season. I might be wrong about that, but I know last year he didn't. Diggs has had a couple in a row. I think OBJ is better than Diggs. I think OBJ is more um, is tougher than Diggs as far as just being injured or being you know having you know having more of a a robust frame and not getting injured. So a second and a fifth to take a shot at it. I mean, geez, Louise, that's just that seems like a deal and a half. You know, I, along with it, I get it. It it comes with cost. You know, and that cost is, you know, is he a cancer? Does he break up the locker room? So I I feel like you give it a shot. We have to replace Diggs. That's that's a huge loss of productivity, and I don't think we have it on the roster. You know, do we, you know, some other options are out there. You know, you have Allen Robinson in Chicago who wants to get out. You have Alshon Jeffrey in, in Philly who wants to get out. You've got T.Y. Hilton, I've heard, that kind of wants, you know, they're talking about making a move which I, I don't buy with them so, signing Phillip Rivers for a year. They, I think they want to give him as many weapons as possible. But, I mean, I, you know, there are options out there. You know, those other receivers, you, you probably wouldn't have to give up nearly as much, nor would you have to pay him as much. You know, so there are options. OBJ is one. You know, those other guys I said, um, I, don't think, I don't think the Bears would trade us a receiver within the division. But you know, Philadelphia, I mean, they're making moves all over the place. We need, I mean, there's, we have holes. So that brings me back to Patrick Peterson. I think he's 30 or, you know, maybe on the wrong side of 30. But he's a veteran presence. And I think, you know, he's still a serviceable corner. And he's, you know, he's been one of the best for years. So to give get that veteran presence in there, and obviously, you know, it's not going to cost an arm and a leg to get him just because I, I, he was suspended last year. And I would wholeheartedly support that move as a free agent move. Now, in the draft, obviously, you know, Speaking on secondary, you know, that's that's something we'll address in the draft. I, I have no doubt about that. We need secondary. We need an offensive tackle. Uh, we need an, an edge rusher to replace Everson Griffin, although I'm hearing rumors that Everson Griffin is talking to the Vikings about coming back. That would, you know, I think he had eight and a half, nine sacks last year. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. Um, I would welcome him back. He knows our defense. He, you know, he's got a great relationship with our players. We know who he is. We know what to expect. So I would welcome that. You know, we're going to address, you know, the offensive tackle. You know, Jason Peters is out there. He's, you know, 38 years old. He was still uh, above an above average offensive tackle. Trey, where I'm sorry, Trent Williams is from out of Washington. Good Lord, why are we not trading for that guy right now? Are we just waiting for Washington to go ahead and release him? 
Um, I, I'm not sure. Maybe and there may be a cap issue, um, which kind of is you know is the same cut is the same conversation uh, with OBJ. But Spielman's done a lot of crazy things, or a lot of a lot of kind of he's he's kind of done his magic as far as cap goes. So um, I I think you know where there's a will, there's a way, and and you know we can you know readjust some contracts or restructure some contracts. You know to to buy us a little bit of more cap room. I mean I know I know we're cap strapped right now, so. Um, if we were even talking about OBJ, then he must have something in the works to to be able to to restructure some of those some of those um, cap heavy contracts. So we'll take a break. When we get back, uh, we'll talk about my sports story. It's a short one. I also want to talk a little about a little bit about how do we come back from this? Is the this being the virus and sports, mainly baseball and basketball and football? You know, how do we come back from this? Is it empty stadiums? Is it you know maybe you fill half the stadium? Who knows? But We'll talk about that a little bit, and then we'll do the top five. We'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, Let's see. Before I forget, basketball fans, more specifically Jordan fans, make sure you Catch the last dance starting this Sunday. It's the um, basically a documentary over their last their last championship year in '97. Um, apparently, it should be just captivating. I know I'm going to watch. So anyway, um, let's talk about empty stadiums for a sec, and then we'll get into the sports story. So how do we again? How do we come back from this? I th- I think mainly it's testing. I think you know, do we test people on the way that on their way into the stadiums? Uh, do we have fans at all? You know, I I'm dying to watch a basketball game or a baseball game, and I could you know as far as baseball goes, I could care less if there are fans there. Um, basketball, I think, would be a little weird. You know, having the fans there and and kind of that close atmosphere and and hearing the cheers and whatnot. Number one for the players, I can't imagine playing in just a uh, just a dead quiet gym. Um, it, it I think it would just be weird. Um, it's it's got to take a little bit of the the luster out of the game you know i'm sure fans pump them up especially when they're getting hot um where they're playing some great defense um i'm sure they get the adrenaline pumping so um it's an adjustment that the players are gonna have to make if that's the route we go but it's it's gonna be weird for the for the typical fan too just to watch that on tv it's you know is it is it gonna be boring to watch you know it's it's almost like you're watching a pickup game do you get that excited, uh, you know, watching a pickup game, you know, watching, you know, something like that on TV? I, I just can't see it. I mean, but it's, it's our new normal. You know, it's something, unfortunately, something we have to go through. What do I think it'll be like that forever? I think I don't know. I don't think so. But I think for the near future, at least this summer, I don't think I don't think there'll be any fans in any baseball stadiums this summer. I don't think we'll have an NBA playoffs. Uh, we may not even have fans in the stands for the beginning of the NFL season. So whether you're on the side of you know, opening back up the country or, or keeping it shut down, you know, that's that's going to play a big part in this. There are some people that believe that, you know, this whole thing, whole thing is overblown. I, for one, have, am, am kind of on the fence. It's highly transmissible. That's that's obvious. And this, you know, I don't I don't want this show to get all that political or anything like that, uh, because that's not that's not the uh, the purpose of this show. Entirely transmissible, but we we just don't have all the data. 
and we we definitely don't have the testing. So until we have testing, we won't have the data. And when we don't have the data, we can't make any decisions. So uh, it's 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 really kind of pointless to talk about as far as getting people back to normal or getting people to sports arenas or stadiums to see sporting events. We need facts. We need data before any of those any of those decisions can be made. So to sit there and talk about it or make plans on it for any sporting events to include fans, uh, it just it's it's really a waste of time and a waste of waste of breath. So. Um, but I mean, that's what we need. We need data. We need testing, and that's that's the only way we're going to get anywhere with this. So I think sports will play a, play a big part in our society getting back to any sort of normal. I I go back to Hurricane Katrina and when the Saints played that game, that first NFL game after that that hurricane, and it was so, you know, people in Louisiana or people at that game were so invested in that team. It really was a boost for the city's morale, and I, I think that sports play a big part in that overall. So I, I think you know the, the sooner we can get at least some sort of uh, team sport, you know, at least on TV, whether it be with fans or without, I, I think that will that will kind of help the mania. You know, I, I think you know us staying home is driving a lot of us nuts, uh, me included. I you know I I have to get out of the house at least once a day because I'm going to go crazy. And that my wife knows it. She's been, she's been a champ. I, you know, she she kind of, you know, she's more of a kind of stay at home and and hang with the kids type of gal. And I'm more of a let's get out and do stuff. So when we can't do stuff and and we're kind of sheltered here, it, it kind of wears on me a little bit. And she understands that, so she makes time for me to do stuff like this and makes time for me to go and and uh, take a drive with the dog or something like that. So I'm assuming she'll do it when I you know when I want to go play golf next week. No, so yeah, I mean, there are people who will debate this, but sports sports play a big part in our in our society. They play a big part in our morale. They play a big part in our camaraderie. Um, they're the spirit of this country. Um, if they weren't, you wouldn't have millions of people every year shelling out their hard-earned dollars to go watch it, getting Sunday ticket on their DirecTV package, buying all this memorabilia, putting bumper stickers on their cars. You think that's going to happen if 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 sports aren't a, such a big part of our lives, obviously not. Anyone who tells you differently is an idiot. I'm sorry. So, um, anyway, so, yeah, so if they have to play with empty stadiums, I'm all for it. Let's just, you know, get those guys tested, uh, get them quarantined, and that's if they want to. You know, you can't, I, in my mind, you cannot force these guys to play. So if there are certain players that don't want to play because they are, maybe they have a pre-existing condition, Maybe they have uh, immune systems that are compromised, or at least somewhat compromised, and you know they're they're a little bit more at risk than someone who's pretty healthy. You know, there's no way you can make them play. There's no way, and I, I don't blame them for that. I don't blame them if if they don't even have a pre-existing condition and they don't want to play. It's it's your health, it's your body, uh, and you're entitled to try and protect that and try and and you know not be afflicted with this virus so um so assuming and that's me assuming that all players want to play or at least the majority of them want to play and i I, i'm hearing that they do um get them out there you know get some sort of testing regimen uh before each game and uh quarantine these guys in hotels maybe just you know i i think that it just it had been proposed they do it in one state so they're not traveling across state lines 
and uh, you know possibly affecting you know people across you know the country. And I think Arizona and Florida were the two the two uh, proposed states just because they're they're warm and apparently this virus is affected by warm weather. It's not as easily transmissible. You know, let's do it. Let's let's get it going. Let's you know at least. <laughs> I mean, this is selfish, but at least we have something to watch on TV. You know, that, that's that's my take on it. You know, if you have to play without fans, so be it. Let's get going. Let's have something to root for. If we can't root for uh, the end of this virus, you know, at least we can root for our favorite team. All right. Uh, we'll take one last quick break, uh, and then we'll get into our sports story in the top five. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Sherm Show. Okay, so my sports story of the day. Um, I'm a huge fantasy baseball and football player. I I enjoy it immensely. I enjoy talking crap to my friends. I enjoy whooping their butts every week. Uh, I enjoy taking home all the money at the end of the season. So you know we we're in a a league that my friend Chad has run for a number of years. Uh, and a couple guys before that, so I've I've been in the league for a while now, and Chad's you know up until the past couple of years has been a pretty pretty uh, constant uh, face uh, in the final four. Anyway, but anyway, he's the commissioner, and so he sends out all the communications and whatnot. So with the with major league being suspended indefinitely due to the virus, uh, we've had to suspend our draft, which stinks because he usually does it up like no other. He does his famous famous barbecue sometimes he does biscuits or briskets sometimes he does pulled pork uh burnt ends you name it uh, i think he had ribs maybe last year whatever he makes it's delicious uh and then he has all the latest craft beers which i really can't stand but uh he's got you know course light for me you know we smoke a couple cigars and and talks you know talk smart and then we have our draft and it's it's something i look forward to every spring Obviously, this year we had to kind of postpone it, just to social distance. And since since we're not sure when the league will happen, we just decided, okay, let's let's just postpone it. it just seems like a a good decision. So, in in his communications, uh, he he sends out this communication with a video file, and he says, check this out. And it's a it's a video file of Byron Buxton. And when I first saw it, I'm like, ah, oh, it's some some I guess some canned message. But then Byron Buxton names our fantasy league by name, then names one of the players in our fantasy league, and all of a sudden I hear him saying Sherm this and Sherm that. I about lost my shit. Um, that was crazy, and uh, we'll I'll, I'll play it here for you, and we'll see. Either I'll get the soundbite on or I'll play it. First we'll play it from my phone. So yeah, so that was that was Byron Buxton. Pretty cool. Uh, gotta thank Chad for setting that up. Um, I don't know if he's a family friend or 
maybe owed him a favor, but uh, no, really cool. Anyway, on to the top five. MLB Parks, number one, and I may be biased on this, but it's Camden Yards. I've been to a ton of games at Camden. Uh, you'll really not find a better park. Every park that has been built since Camden has pretty much been modeled after Camden. I know uh, Target Field was, and I think I think someone told me that they took some of the seats from Camden Yards and put them into Target Field. I, I swear to God somebody told me that. Anyway, uh, number two is Wrigley. It's it's mainly the the atmosphere. It's it's such a cool atmosphere. You have you know the ivy on the walls. You've got the bleachers in the in in the outfield. Uh, you've got brick everywhere. You've got uh, the cubby bear across the street. You've got the the ticker sign across the the front of the stadium. Uh, I mean it's it's such a cool. You know you've got old style beer. Uh, it's just such a cool atmosphere to be a part of. And you know, some of the best games I've been to have, have been at Wrigley. Some of the worst games I've been to have been at Wrigley too. I, I went to one where I sat in the bleachers and it was 102 degrees. Uh, that was just plain awful. It was miserable. It had nothing to do with the stadium. It was just, it was so hot, and you couldn't even get a cold beer. Every time you bought a beer, by the time you sat down with it, it was already warm. So uh, you were sweaty and sticky. But that wasn't Wrigley's fault. But um, yeah, so that's that's a great park. Number three is Target Field just such a well done park so casota stone and and all you know kind of all the little minnesota tweaks and and gimmicks it's just it's a great stadium not a, not really a bad seat in the house um they really did a good job so uh number four although i haven't i haven't been to this park so i'm a bit of a poser here uh miller park i've just heard so many good things you know just tailgating before the games and and just the fans and whatnot. So, yeah, it's just you know I've you know I'll give a shout out to my my guy Brent Mueller, um, who tells me all about it every time. And we've talked about you know taking a road trip out there. So um, let's do that. And number five, when I went, it was I think Pac Bell Park, and I think since then it's been either at Safeco, uh, but now it's Oracle Oracle Park in San Francisco. Just a really a really cool feel with McCovey Cove and just being on the water. Uh, it's cold as hell, but um, just it's a really cool, really cool venue, and and I'd recommend checking that one out. That should do it for me. Um, again, stay safe, guys. Uh, I'll be back on here another couple weeks after the NFL draft. Um, hopefully, we'll get a couple co-hosts on here. Again, I you know we'll try and get Kate Cox on here for a show. Maybe we'll take some calls, or we'll definitely have some more viewer questions. But um, I appreciate you, you guys listening and, and um, reach out to me on Twitter if you need to. It's at uh, Sherm210. That's S-H-E-R-M-210. You can hit me up on Facebook or if you have any other of my contact information, feel free to contact me. Uh, I'll take any questions or comments, any feedback you guys have. Um, this is something I enjoy doing and I hope to at least, you know, once sports get going, I hope to at least do this, you know, probably once a week. So. Um, anyway, be safe, guys. Uh, stay in, be healthy, and God bless. The Sherm Show is written by Chris Sherman, research done by Chris Sherman, produced by Bob Sacamano, intro song done by Christina Reznikoff, production done by Art Vandelay, site management done by Chris Sherman. <laughs>